Hello everybody and welcome into episode number 110 of the Bible 2021 podcast. We are reading Matthew chapter 12 today and our focus is on what is the unpardonable or unforgivable sin. So it's a daily 10-minute show where we read one chapter of the Bible a day and discuss it. I want to give a shout out to our friends in India. We actually have a lot of listeners in India, a surprising amount of listeners in India. And you guys are getting hammered with COVID right now. Uh, India is far and away the worst place in the world right now for COVID. So may the Lord bring healing and suppress that pandemic in you guys. We are praying for you. Thank you all for listening. Our goal is to encourage you in the Word of God and to get us reading the Bible daily. I open with a comment from WWH on our recent episode about faith and miracles. He says, Jesus did not do many miracles there because of their unbelief. I tend to read this, that Jesus perceived that miracles would serve no purpose there because the people's hearts were hard. The miracles, if he did them, would be dismissed as something that would have happened anyway or as having some other cause. They would not give glory to God nor come to faith in Jesus as a result. So WWH sees the lack of miracles in Jesus' hometown of Nazareth, not because of any sort of suppression effect on Jesus, of course, but because he, in his wisdom, didn't do miracles there because they would not have received that. Fascinating point. I think there might be a lot of truth to that. On to our chapter today. Matthew 12 is a long chapter, and today's pod might go a little bit long. I apologize. Note that that 10 minutes is not guaranteed. It's more of a goal. It's one of those chapters, Matthew 12, that is so full of topics and truths that we could make an hour-long podcast or sermon out of, I don't know, 10 different topics. We're not going to do that today. It won't be 10 minutes, but it won't be 20 minutes, somewhere in that range. Matthew 12 is deep. It's varied. We could discuss Sabbaths, uh, whether or not Christians are still bound to keep the Old Testament Sabbath laws. I don't believe we are. Other people do. We could discuss the meekness of Jesus, the danger of a house being divided, and shout out to Jesus for using that illustration first, not Abraham Lincoln. We could talk about good and bad fruit, the difference between the two, the sign of Jonah, the true family of Jesus, or driving out unclean spirits. And by the way, what in the world is this business about driving out one spirit and later on seven others come back and take its place? That's always been a puzzling teaching of Jesus in the scripture to me, but we're not going to talk about those things. All of them would be great topics, but today our focus is on the unforgivable sin. I do know we talked about that last year when this podcast was known as the Bible Reading Podcast, but it is one of the most common and popular questions I get, and this passage very clearly tells us in Matthew 12 what the unpardonable sin is, and for the record, this is a completely new article and episode. So unpardonable sin, unforgivable sin. I'm going to use both terms today. Both terms are used interchangeably for what Jesus says is the single one sin that God will not forgive. There's only one unforgivable sin, and it is blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. Jesus tells us this in verse 31. He says, Therefore I tell you, people will be forgiven every sin in blasphemy, but the blasphemy against the Spirit will not be forgiven. 
Today's commentary is going to be kind of short because the chapter is long, so we need to get straight to the point, and there's good news on that front. Jesus goes straight to the point so quickly and so simply that, honestly, there should not be a mystery or confusion about what the blasphemy of the Spirit is, and yet, uh, for reasons I don't fully comprehend, there is great confusion and uh, different teachings about what Jesus means here. So let's start out this way. Let's establish what what blasphemy is. It comes from two different Greek words put together, so it's a portmanteau, and those two Greek words, one means hurt and the other means fame. In other words, to blaspheme somebody is to hurt their reputation or hurt their fame, to slander or insult or rail against them. Sometimes that word is translated as evil speaking in the Bible. That's what blasphemy means. It was not a strictly religious word during the time of Jesus. You could blaspheme like a person uh, or, you know, a, a human person or angels could be blasphemed and certainly God could be blasphemed. So it's a word that kind of is similar to our word for slander maybe a little stronger than that. So let's read the chapter. Oh, it's so long and rich and wonderful. And then we're going to return and discuss what the blasphemy of the Spirit is. Matthew chapter 12, verse 1 in the Christian Standard Bible. At that time, Jesus passed through the grain fields on the Sabbath. His disciples were hungry and began to eat some heads of grain. When the Pharisees saw this, they said to him, See, your disciples are doing what is not lawful to do on the Sabbath. And he said to them, Haven't you read what David did when he and those who were with him were hungry, how he entered the house of God, and they ate the bread of the presence, which is not lawful for him, or those with him to eat, but only for the priests? Or haven't you read in the law that on Sabbath days the priests in the temple violate the Sabbath and are innocent? I tell you that something greater than the temple is here. If you had known what this means, I desire mercy and not sacrifice, you would not have condemned the innocent, for the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. Moving on from there, he entered their synagogue. There he saw a man who had a shriveled hand, and in order to accuse him, they asked him, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? He replied to them, Who among you, if he had a sheep that fell into a pit on the Sabbath, wouldn't take hold of it and lift it out? A person is worth far more than a sheep, so it is lawful to do what is good on the Sabbath. Then he told the man, Stretch out your hand, so he stretched it out, and it was restored as good as the other. But the Pharisees went out and plotted against him how they might kill him. Jesus was aware of this and withdrew. Large crowds followed him, and he healed them all. He warned them not to make him known, so that what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. Here is my servant, whom I have chosen, my beloved, in whom I delight. I will put my spirit on him, and he will proclaim justice to the nations. He will not argue or shout, and no one will hear his voice in the streets." He will not break a bruised reed, and he will not put out a smoldering wick until he has led justice to victory. The nations will put their hope in his name. Then a demon-possessed man, who was blind and unable to speak, was brought to him. He healed him so that the man could both speak and see. All the crowds were astounded and said, Could this be the son of David? When the Pharisees heard this, they said, This man drives out demons only by Beelzebul, the ruler of demons. 
Knowing their thoughts, he told them, Every kingdom divided against itself is headed for destruction, and no city or house divided against itself will stand. If Satan drives out Satan, he is divided against himself. How then will his kingdom stand? And if I drive out demons by Beelzebul, by whom do your sons drive them out? For this reason, they will be your judges. If I drive out demons by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. How can someone enter a strong man's house and steal his possessions unless he first ties up the strong man? Then he can plunder his house. Anyone who is not with me is against me, and anyone who does not gather with me scatters. Therefore, I tell you, people will be forgiven every sin and blasphemy, but the blasphemy against the Spirit will not be forgiven." Whoever speaks a word against the Son of Man, it will be forgiven him. But whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit, it will not be forgiven him, either in this age or in the one to come. Either make the tree good and its fruit will be good, or make the tree bad and its fruit will be bad, for a tree is known by its fruit. Brood of vipers, how can you speak good things when you are evil? For the mouth speaks from the overflow of the heart. A good person produces good things from his storeroom of good, and an evil person produces evil things from his storeroom of evil. I tell you that on the day of judgment, people will have to account for every careless word they speak. For by your words you will be acquitted, and by your words you will be condemned. Then some of the scribes and Pharisees said to him, Teacher, We want to see a sign from you. He answered them, An evil and adulterous generation demands a sign, but no sign will be given it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. For as Jonah was in the belly of the huge fish three days and three nights, so the Son of Man will be in the heart of the earth three days and three nights. The men of Nineveh will stand up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it because they repented at Jonah's preaching and look, something greater than Jonah is here. The queen of the south will rise up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it because she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon and look, something greater than Solomon is here. When an unclean spirit comes out of a person, it roams through waterless places looking for rests, but doesn't find any. Then it says, I'll go back to my house that I came from. Returning, it finds the house vacant, swept, and put in order. Then it goes and brings with it seven other spirits more evil than itself, and they enter and settle down there. As a result, that person's last condition is worse than the first. That's how it will be with this evil generation." While he was still speaking with the crowds, his mother and brothers were standing outside wanting to speak to him. Someone told him, Look, your mother and your brothers are standing outside wanting to speak to you. He replied to the one who was speaking to him, Who is my mother and who are my brothers? Stretching out his hand towards his disciples, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my mother and sister and brother. So I love Billy Graham. I admire Billy Graham. If my life ends up being about as a one millionth as fruitful as his, I should be happy and blessed. But there's one place where I disagree sharply with Billy Graham and honestly many other preachers and teachers. When asked what the unpardonable sin is, many of them answer quite similarly to what Billy Graham says here. And Billy Graham says, While there is an unforgivable sin, it is not one that a true believer in Jesus Christ can commit. If we have received Jesus as our Savior and Lord, we have not blasphemed the Holy Spirit. We have accepted his witness. 
One study Bible explains it as follows. To commit this sin, one must consciously, persistently, deliberately, and maliciously reject the testimony of the Spirit to the deity and saving power of the Lord Jesus. If a person keeps doing that until death, says Graham, there's no hope of forgiveness and eternal life in heaven. Once again, the unpardonable sin is not some particularly grievous sin committed by a Christian before or after accepting Christ, nor is it thinking or saying something terrible about the Holy Spirit. Rather, it is deliberately resisting the Holy Spirit's witness and invitation to turn to Jesus until death ends all opportunity. Now, one more time, I love Billy Graham, but when he says that the unpardonable sin is not saying something terrible about the Holy Spirit, I cringe. Why? Because that's exactly how Jesus explains to us in this passage what the unpardonable sin is. So, verse 32 is our verse of the day. It's pretty crystal clear to me. Jesus says, Whoever speaks a word against the Son of Man, it will be forgiven him. But whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit, it will not be forgiven him, either in this age or in the one to come. Well, Billy Graham is right that anybody who rejects the testimony of the Holy Spirit about Jesus and rejects the gospel will be condemned to hell, but not because they've committed the unpardonable sin, but rather because they have rejected Jesus. As he himself says in John 3.18, anyone who believes in him is not condemned. Anyone who believes in Jesus is not condemned. But anyone who does not believe is already condemned because he has not believed in the name of the one and only Son of God. Mark chapter 3 makes this even clearer when Jesus is also same you know, parallel passage talking about the blasphemy, the Holy Spirit, unforgivable sin. He says in verse 28, truly I tell you, People will be forgiven for all sins and whatever blasphemies they utter, but whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit never has forgiveness, but is guilty of an eternal sin. Verse 30, the very next verse says, because they were saying he has an unclean spirit. Mark tells us why Jesus said what he says. Jesus warned the scribes about this because Jesus' miracles were done in the power of the Holy Spirit, and the Pharisees and scribes were either committing the blasphemy of the Spirit, the unpardonable sin, or they were very close because they were attributing what was the work of the Holy Spirit to the prince of demons, Beelzebub. So, what is the unpardonable sin? It is blaspheming or slandering, insulting, speaking ill of the Holy Spirit. When we speak evil or speak ill or blaspheme the Holy Spirit, or when we speak ill of the work of the Holy Spirit through another person, like the scribes did, attributing the work of the Holy Spirit in Jesus to the prince of demons, we can come dangerously close to blasphemy. So, we must be very careful there. We must be particularly careful when we're judging the work of the Spirit in somebody else's life. That brings to mind James's command to be quick to listen and slow to speak. Well, if you have any questions about that or comments or you, you disagree with me or whatever, please don't hesitate to contact me and let me know. You can do so through our website, Bible2021.com. There is a contact page there. You can also hit me up at my email address, chaseathompson at gmail.com. 
That's C-H-A-S-E-A-T-H-O-M-P-S-O-N, no spaces, at gmail.com. Let me know what you think. Let's end the show today, which I realize is very long, with our Bible memory verse for April, James 4, verse 6, but he gives greater grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Amen. Well, good day to you, friends, and Godspeed.